This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Welcome back to Coffee Number Five, and I'm here today drinking my coffee. And today I have Kelly Hogg, and she is a behavioral health advisor. And we were talking a little about what she does and how she works. And I found something fascinating and a word that fascinated me today. You know how I get stuck with little words and I try to understand the meaning and why why attracts me so, so much. But we'll get to that. But welcome, Kelly, and thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Uh, so tell me a little more about what's a behavioral health advisor. Sure. So behavioral health advising is something that I made up. <laughs> <laughs> I have my background in applied behavior analysis or ABA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also a certified integrative health coach. So I bridged the two to create behavioral health advising and become a behavioral health advisor health coach just doesn't encompass all that I do when it comes to behavior change. It just felt very surface level for me. And then everything else is either too restrictive or too vague. I don't like the sound of a coach at all. I really like advisor because it's a, it's a partnership between my clients and I. So someone comes to you because they are struggling with the way that they relate with their nutrition, basically. So it's not so much nutrition and it's more habit change. Um, what I focus on is behavior and intuitive integrative health. So people come to me and they say, I'm overwhelmed in my job. I can't prioritize myself. I am stuck in patterns that aren't serving me. And I want to live a life that is more free and more true and more passionate and joyful and present. So we work through that using both the science of, of behavior change and, um, strengthening that intuitive muscle. So it's, integrative as well. So we were uh, talking about uh, this word that fascinates me, that is alignment. Mm -hmm. And so you try to work with your uh, clients in finding this alignment through change of behaviors. So Mm -hmm. how long and how do you start the change of behavior? Oh, that's a good question. It, it totally absolutely depends um, on where they're at, where they're coming to me, from what they are struggling with specifically, but my process starts with gaining clarity, doing some, some goal setting, really getting clear on where they want to go based on where they're at. And then we do a little bit of shadow work. Are you familiar with your shadow? Have you heard that before? No, no. Tell me more about it. So shadow work is there's when I was, I'll backtrack a little bit. When I was studying behavior and applied behavior analysis and all this, it's all about your overt behaviors, measurable, observable behaviors. And that was my focus for a long time until I realized, hello, what about all the emotional stuff? What about all the stuff that's going on inside? What about what's driving our behavior? And that's our covert behaviors, everything that's happening inward. And it can be really, really deeply buried in there. And that's your shadow. It's the the limiting beliefs, the negative self-talk, the things that are holding us back from shining brighter. so we do a lot of that, a lot of shadow work to make sure that these things are not being band-aid, but they're being addressed and they're, we're going through it instead of around it. And then 
after the shadow work, we do some skill acquisition. So just learning how to trust your, your intuitive muscle, how to build it, how to make it stronger, learning the fundamentals of behavior change and how, you know, your environment affects your behavior. And we integrate those skills. And then we get a little bit of feedback. Can you change the behavior of your shadow? So your shadow isn't exactly, your behaviors come from your shadow. So when you address your shadow, your behaviors follow. I see. So, okay. So once you get clarity, then mm -hmm. you need to address each one of the behaviors that follow those shadows. And then each one of them affect different parts of your life. Yeah. Basically. So, so sometimes people will say, um, I, can prioritize myself because I have no time. I really want to, you know, have a great morning routine, but I just work, you know, from the second I wake up to the second I go to sleep. So that is an excuse. It's a lonely belief. It's that's your shadow because you do have time. You can create boundaries. When people come to me and they say, I don't have time or I, whatever it is, but excuses, you can think of that excuses mm -hmm. are, are your shadowing bubbling up and being verbalized. So Time, you have time that you create. If you want to make the changes, if you want to invest in yourself and, and fill your own cup so you can be a better boss, be a better daughter, be a better mom, whatever it is, you need to fill your own cup first, right? So saying I don't have time is an excuse and that's your shadow coming up. It's a limiting belief. It's holding you back. It's keeping you small. It's keeping you in the job that is not, you know, serving your soul. It's keeping you in the relationship that is not serving your soul. It's keeping you in the friendships and 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 the patterns and the behaviors that are just not aligned with the true soulful version of you. So once we address who that is and who you are and we build your intuition, we build your self-trust, then we can focus on the behaviors that come from it so that the behaviors that we're building are based on, on who you really are and who you want to be. And what if those are choices that you con unconsciously or consciously make because you need somehow to, you need them in order for other parts of your life to work. Like what? Um, like, for example, you need to work so many hours uh, in order to, um, to balance uh, your relationships or mm -hmm. to balance your um, social life or to balance other parts of your life that they are not working, how that behaviorally affects other parts of your life. Aren't you in risk of creating a domino effect behaviorally? Yeah, if you're working from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, and truly I've had clients who start out that way, you're not gonna have room to prioritize yourself, let alone prioritize your relationships, your social life, your food, your eating, your movement, like there's just not going to be time because you haven't established those boundaries. And I've been in jobs where they're demanding something of me 24 hours a day. And they call me at three o'clock in the morning to have me do something. Like I've been in that position. And you, once you start to align with your self-worth and you start to become aware of the patterns and the limiting beliefs, then you can address it. You can stand in your worth and create the boundaries. You can potentially even leave the job that's not serving you. I'm not making any promises. I'm just saying there are options because I think it's just a story that we tell ourselves so often. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's my job. I don't have to love it. Like, you know, it's just, it's a job and I'm happy. I'm grateful that I have 
income and a paycheck, but you know, it's just taking up my whole life and blah, blah, blah. But if you want to make a change so that your day is serving you rather than you serving someone else, we can make those changes. Um, something that we talk a lot at coffee number five is about the market ourselves. And I, I see a lot of people that they need to make changes in their life because they don't know how to sell themselves in order to have that change of career or change in themselves to get to be where they want. So that, how do I, you address that part of people's life? Because you need to present that front many times to get where you want. So you mean, how do you get to the place where you're able to stand up for yourself in that way and make decisions? Uh, or sell yourself. Because sometimes you only need to market yourself in order to get what you want. Yeah. So my focus is aligning the inner and the outer. So if you are coming from a place where you want to make a change in your career specifically, then we need to address all the reasons why you haven't done it, the actual steps for you to get from A to B, why that's important to you, like literally why. Is it an external thing? Is it like a vanity thing? Is it your soul is begging for something new? What is it? Clear all that noise, get really specific. Um, and then tie in the emotion, emotions and the shadow work to it too, so that it seems like it's something that's doable so that, you know, the you that you are now and the you you are when you have that job, the you you are when you have lost that weight, when you have the relationship is the same you that you are now. We need to bridge that gap because so often we have goals that just feel so heavy on us because we're not even connected to that future version of us, right? It seems so far off. Psychologically, it seems like a, a different person. Like there have been studies on this and the connection or lack thereof really, really inhibits us from making choices that are aligned with that future self. So we need to tie in the two. That's really important. And we do that through some rephrasing, some emotional um, work, some like language. It's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. And tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get here? And how, uh, how did you get to market yourself and how did you get to find your, because what you created here is something that I never heard of. And how do you get to get new clients? Yeah. So my background, I had a very nonlinear path to where I am now. I went to a bunch, I went to six different colleges. Uh -huh. I moved from New York to LA twice. I worked, you know, I got a degree. Why did I move so much? Yeah. Because I moved to LA for grad school and then I was lonely. So I moved back to New York and then I didn't like the cold. So I moved back to LA. <laughs> all, the, knows, all those are good reasons. Yeah. Who knows where I'll end up? <laughs> but I got the, this, you know, the degree and the job that corresponded and I got the promotion and, and all the things. And I realized like, this is not what my soul wants. This is not what my heart wants. I need more. So I was working, like I said, I was working with kids with developmental disabilities, and that's how I got into behavior. And I've always been fascinated with psychology. That's what my bachelor's is in. And I realized that I can be doing all the work that I'm doing in behavior change with anyone. We could all benefit from this. We all have habits we want to change. We all have um, things in our lives that, we, that need a shift. 
So how do I do this? How do I bridge my fascination and curiosity with behavior with my passion and love and intrigue in health and wellness? So after my master's, I became a certified integrative health coach to bridge the two. And I was like, okay, great. So where are all the jobs that, you know, bring these two together and there weren't any. So Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I guess I'm going to do it myself. And I just kind of figured it out. I come from, I mean, my mom has her own business. Her dad had his own business. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Um, and I think that gave me a boost for sure uh, in terms of, of like my confidence. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's uh, at least you know that you're not allowed, that it's mm-hmm. possible to do it. And mm-hmm. you get some advice that always is good. Yeah. And then I just surrounded myself with people who are killing it, like people who were already so up-leveled and successful and were having their own business and making money and, and continue to surround myself with people who do that too. Um, just to be in that vibration, you know, be in that energy. So what are the challenges that you found yourself as an entrepreneur? The biggest challenge is being inundated with external information. And that was a challenge for me and my health as well. And why this is such a, an interesting path that I've gone down was because when I became a a health coach, when I was going through all that coursework, I became so out of touch with my body. I had multiple eating disorders. I gained a ton of weight. I was overwhelmed by my routine. I was in toxic relationships and I was like, oh my God, if I'm going to help people get to the other side of exactly what I'm going through, I need to get myself through the other side. So I did and I strengthened my intuition and I used my behavior tools and education and got to the other side, but I was still inundated with external factors and comparison. And only when I turned in and really took my own advice and strengthened my intuitive muscle, and I'm still doing that, is when the shift happened for me to, you know, just be more abundant and more authentically serving. How, how did you make the shift, the shift happen? Uh, how did you get yourself to the other side? What tools did you use? I was kind of partially just sick of myself and who the person that I was becoming and the person that I was and the toxicity and the lack of um, stability and balance. And it I was just one kind of, of the, the times that you move cities, you have to make a, a final or you had to break break up with everything and start over or you were able to transition a situation to another yeah I was able to transition I just had to say okay think about you as your client what would you tell that person and how would they strengthen their intuition and it came from different practices like even understanding what that meant and going more internally rather than externally like you know figuring out my non-negotiables, how I set my, my day up for success. Movement was a really big one for me. Um, mindfulness, and which has now be, become a meditation and a journaling practice in the morning, a way to connect with myself because I wasn't doing that before. I thought I was, and I thought I was like this, you know, mindful person, but I went, I mean, up until very recently, I was not present at all. My mind was constantly racing. I was constantly going. I was very quick to react. Um, I was selfish and I was just not in the headspace to serve myself, let alone serve anyone else. So I had to really get in tune with who I was and what, you know, my intuition was. And from there, I I let it grow and I started to trust it. I started to trust my body um, and build that that mind-body connection. Earlier today, you were talking about the toxic relationships. When you have this toxic relationship and you need to take them 
out of your life? Were you able at some point to negotiate the relationship back or when you're done, you're done? Me personally? Uh, yes. Or <laughs> oh, because you, you, you brought up the example that you need to get out of toxic relationships or how would you manage this or talking to your uh, clients about toxic relationships that they need to be completely removed of, uh, from your from their life or there is a negotiation that it's possible to remove part of the toxic toxic relationships or remove our behavior to that part of the toxic relationships so i think when we when we think of toxic relationships i think we think of the other person bringing keeping us small and that person mm -hmm. bringing us down and we're not able to shine but we also have to think about it like how are we contributing to the toxicity of it are we actually the problem like what are we presenting out into the world what is the energy we're bringing so it can be it can be you it could be them it could be both but i don't think every toxic relationship needs a finite ending i think if if it's coming from you and your uh lack of internal innate wisdom because you've, you've been clouded, your intuition has been clouded. If you're able to bring clarity in and let that clear up and express that to your partner, amazing. Then you'll be able to see if it is worth staying in. And it may be same with them. You start to communicate, okay, you're not, I, I need this from you. I need to be heard or I need more, you know, pleasure or I need to, you know, have this, I need time for just us, more quality time. So often we don't communicate. We don't, understand where we're coming from and that leads to this bubble of like toxic relationships but I think it really comes from figuring out internally okay what do I need what am I bringing what energy am I bringing into this um, and figuring out from there and only I mean only you know if you should stay or if you should go but you're only going to know that if you have your, your if you're able to trust your intuition and hear it yeah that sounds like alignment to me totally exactly <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed this conversation and we're going to put in the chapter notes all your information about the website and your contact information and your Instagram for anyone who wants to know more about this al alignment and about um, your, your um, route to rise. Amazing. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.